There's no place in the world like Rodeo Drive. I'm Pari Isan, your host. And I'm your field correspondent, Jason E.C. Wright. Welcome to Rodeo Drive, the podcast. On today's show, the German luxury fashion house MCM got a start during the disco era and is now heading into the metaverse. We're tapping into this with creating virtual worlds for campaign shoots, creating partnerships with online platforms where you can dress your avatar in our clothes. And this is only the beginning. That is MCM's global creative officer, Dirk Schoenberger. I'll talk with him in a moment. First, let's go to the company's Rodeo Drive boutique. Jason visited there with Kathy Gohari, president of the Rodeo Drive committee. Jason, what did I miss? Well, Perry, you missed an incredible retail installation. What they've done with this space is really bring you into the world of MCM. Scarves, jackets, bags, especially the bags. You get an opportunity to feel the craftsmanship, the shift from the traditional to the new and even in the textures of the layout itself. As you go upstairs to where Kathy and I spoke, it's this beautiful like travertine limestone with these gilded runners and handlebars that are made of this brushed gold. As we sat on this beautiful blue tufted velvet sofa, Kathy and I sat and talked about the company and what it's brought to Rodeo Drive when it opened back in 2019. This is a very special brand and Three years ago, when they opened this beautiful flagship store in Rodeo, it brought, honestly, a whole new clientele to the street. Really? It was the beginning. Uh, MCM was here before Amiri showed up or mm. before many other brands like that who were maybe targeting at that point people who were slightly a younger generation. Well, it's interesting because I was always familiar with the backpack the Stark backpack and I remember it having the gold embellishments on the side and like the gold zippers and it made sense because you know it was a brown tonal bag you had the black MCM logos on there but they've reinterpreted now they've like it's I don't want to say sexier but it's It's more yeah it's it's evolved it's like they've taken the sides and streamlined them down and taken the embellishments off they've made the zippers a bit more like this um, anodized take to them so it's going to last a bit longer because start like it's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be strong. But also you had your eyes on the motion bag. Oh, yeah. Not only it's a tote, but there's a person inside the tote. And so easy. I mean, I know I don't live in New York City and I don't jump in and out of trains. But guess what? I carry totes because I have a lot of stuff I carry around. And then every once in a while, when I don't want people to see my stuff, I need a purse. And look, two in one. And with the suede that they've lined the interior with, it just gives a different touch to it. But also there's this jacquard, there's this lovely geometric pattern that gives it not so much um, a modern take of it, but it gives a bit of an edge. It uh, sophisticates certain parts of it while also maintaining the heritage that you've known it for for so many years. Looking at all these different types of prints and motifs, I wouldn't know that one of these, like the one we have sitting, that we're sitting across, is an MCM logo. Like the the new logo with the MCM and the blocks, it almost reminds me of MC Escher relativity, which is interesting because seeing this play out, especially now that they're going into the metaverse and having those representations of it here, being able to come into the shop, feel something, touch it, feel the weight, and then understand how that correlates into a metaverse standpoint. 
it's going to be really great for people to be able to see those things parallel. Very true, very true. And at the end of the day, there's still tradition. Mm -hmm. There's still the heritage, Absolutely. you know. This is not a revolution. It's an evolution of different types of logos. You still know. When you walk into the store, you very clearly know that you have walked into an MCM store. And for those that aren't familiar with the brand, logos are a strong part of the identity. Um, it's part of my orientation with the brand. Growing up in the hip-hop generation, you wanted to be flashy, but you wanted someone to know what you were wearing. Correct. But that all-over logo that comes from being able to quickly identify your bag from one bag to another, whether it's on a travel carousel yeah. or whether you're going somewhere else and you want to make sure that you've picked up the right bag right. or the right tote, right? <laughs> right? And so being able to come in here and seeing, they've kept the identity of keeping the logo in a way that it is very conspicuous, but there are levels to the intensity. It's like you're able to turn the brightness meter up and down on like how you want to uh, announce that. It's very true. It's very true. You can decide to be as flashy as you want or more subdued, depending on the type of print you choose. It's also interesting that today it is um, artificially quiet. It is normally a very lively place. Uh, there's music pumping. There, You have all of the brand collaborators and the ambassadors of the house that have come in. I'm sure Andy Orr has been in here a few times recently. Recently, yeah. yeah. And being able to be like not necessarily a hub for partying, but definitely known as like, yeah, we're, we're the neighbors with the music. You know, uh, there are years, they've been here for three years, many, many times, sometimes even on weekends, people pop in here who are extremely, extremely um, successful mm -hmm. in the music industry, right? Yeah. And sometimes police has to come and help clear the door and wow. the sidewalks. There are times where it gets that exciting, depending on who shows up. And guess what? These are not planned. We don't ask these people to come. Yeah. The brand doesn't necessarily ask them to come. They come on their own to see what's there to buy. It's fascinating when a brand can have an organic following. It's always very fun to hear these stories. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me again today. Thank you for meeting me in this amazing location. We need to do this more often. And that was Kathy Gohari. President of Rodeo Drive Committee. Now, back to you, Perry. Thank you, Jason. That sounds so divine. Now let's hear from the visionary force behind everything you just heard about, MCM's global creative officer, Dirk Schoenberger. Dirk was famed for his tenure at Adidas, where he helped shape the era of merging fashion and sportswear. Then he joined MCM, which was founded in Munich in 1976. He has revamped the logo, created partnerships with breakthrough artists, and is taking the brand into a new realm, the metaverse. I caught up with him in his studio in Berlin and asked him to take us on that journey of reimagination. When I joined MCM uh, more than three years ago, for me, I always like to look in the, in the past first. So what are the codes of the house? What is the attitude uh, of the house? And I felt that um, it has such a unique uh, story because it's it's not like an old house with a hundred plus years of tradition, but was founded in 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 a pretty wild period uh, in in post war Germany in Munich, where really like uh, hedonism and embracing life was in, in the center. And uh, with the upcoming disco movement. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting. I mean, there was a lot of uh, political movements in the 70s. There were, was a lot of societal movements in the 70s. And I felt like this attitude, this very young attitude, mm -hmm. uh, how do we bring that into our 
day to day. And uh, of course, the brand was bought by, by Sung Jo Kim in the early 2000s, uh-huh. which gave it another twist and influence to, to the brand. So not only like the German Munich heritage, but also the Asian influences. I think it's an interesting journey in a way like almost like getting on a plane in 1976 in Munich and making a stop in America making a stop in Korea and now landing again in in Berlin this is really interesting because I want I want to fuse all these influences that were picked up on the way yeah I like all those global layers and and I think that definitely comes through in the brand and I I love the new cubic monogram i'm very drawn to it no it's it's cool because we know it's the beginning of a journey of course we have the classic uh, visetto all over monogram and people love it and people Mm -hmm. will continue to buy it but for me it was really to create a moment of disruption uh, really confronting also our consumers with something very new and very different it's it's very young um, and really built uh, built on it from there. So I know it's it's not going to be loved by everybody uh, overnight, uh, but we definitely want to bring it closer to people's hearts. Well, that brings us to the point. You know, I feel like this new cubic monogram. It really um, it feels like it's somewhere between the physical and the virtual worlds, which yes. you you know explored in your spring summer twenty two campaign. How does that influence the market of luxury fashion? It influences it a lot because I mean all luxury brands want to talk to to a young consumer, and I think to understand how to combine the physical and the virtual world and the whole uh, talk about the metaverse, uh, where uh, people can create their own avatar in, on, on gaming platforms and uh, interact with other avatars or other real people and, and how to incorporate that in our uh, in, in the fashion world. I think it's extremely exciting and uh, important for brands. So uh, we, we, are, we are on it. We are working on it. We definitely created uh, in the past uh, one and a half, two years, we created some pretty stunning uh, visuals that that were uh, tapping into this with creating virtual worlds instead of big sets for, for campaign shoots, creating partnerships with online platforms where you can dress your avatar in our clothes. And this is only the beginning. You know, we know that this is, right. this is really very important. Yes. Sounds pretty alluring. Absolutely. I mean, this it, metaverse. It's, it, it is alluring. And, and I'm, I'm sure that not every brand will be able to also afford to, to be part of mm-hmm. this. But um, of course. for me, it, it's really a place of interaction and communication uh, with our consumers. You know, like um, also a place where um, they can create and we can create together in a way it's becoming increasingly difficult to get everyone in one room and and create together in a room uh, so the virtual uh, space is definitely one where uh, we want to invite consumers in the future and uh, fans uh, to co-create with us so for me that is part of the the communication, the dialogue is 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 extremely important in in this idea of metaverse. I agree completely. And what does that mean for the future of brick and mortar? What is the value of having 
a flagship on the famed Rodeo Drive? <laughs> well, maybe you could call me old fashioned, but I, I see it also with a lot of younger kids around me that go back to analog, you know, mm -hmm. like they, they only know digital. And then all of a sudden they see in their parents' uh, shelves a vinyl record. And, and I have so many uh, kids around me that went back to reading newspapers, reading, they read books, they want to listen to music on vinyl and not on, on, their, on their iPhone necessarily. So um, they want to go back and touch things and they want to experience things in the real world as much as they want to experience things in the virtual world. And, and for that, I think it is extremely important to create this experience and this this haptic moment in their life, actually, to be able to touch a product, to try it on, not on an avatar, but on your own body and to, to, to play around. And I think that this is extremely important. It's not, I think brick and mortar is not a place of transaction anymore. You go there, buy something and you walk out. It's really, you need, you need to be entertained also there, not only in the virtual world. And I think that's extremely important. Do you see MCM as offering a digital version of a physical piece, like, for example, the MCM backpack? Mm. Do you foresee you doing NFTs, collaborating with an artist, like a special edition? How far have you delved into that realm or have you? Working on it. Okay, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> But what is really, uh, what is important is, as well to use the metaverse really as a space of co-creation. I think that this is important, really. What would be the perfect backpack for, for a young kid that maybe even cannot afford the backpack at this point? Maybe one day we're going to make a competition in the metaverse to design a backpack that we make and invite this creator into our brand and work together. So I think that this is super interesting and definitely an interesting space, but NFTs are absolutely on top of our list. So you really see the metaverse as a platform for creative engagement and yes. co-creation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think a brand that believes that they know everything and that they need to just guide consumers through or tell them what to think. Uh, I think that they will not stay on top for, for long. Yeah, they won't be able to evolve no. and adapt. No. Yeah, I think it requires us all to be so fluid and open-minded. And I think that that's a huge asset. The possibilities are endless. It excites me as well very much. Does it worry no. you at all? Is there any... Well, I can sense. tell you, it makes me it makes me uncomfortable because it's not my natural habitat, right. you know. Yes. Uh, but as I said in the beginning, this is why I love this job. You know, you can never stand still, and you can never just lay back and and continue with everything that you know. You need to go through some doors that are maybe uncomfortable to walk oh, through. And, yeah. and for me, it, it's been an amazing uh, learning process, especially in the pandemic, how to look at business, how to create products and how quickly things have changed in these two years. I think it's, it's, it's been a, an amazing shift in the business uh, where everyone needs to learn very new rules that apply. So tell us a little bit about 
collaboration and who you choose to align with and represent the brand, such as the LA-based musician Ian Dore, who starred in your latest campaign. You also collaborated with Billie Eilish. Yes. <laughs> I mean, seeing my my history of who I worked for before MCM, I, I've always been interested in creating to look for talents that are relevant for for our uh, consumers uh, when we started working with Billie Eilish it was just before a huge breakthrough mm -hmm. and for me uh, she was an astonishing talent i mean amazing one of a kind in in her generation honestly i think and and that attracted me to her for me it's not necessarily always like a big name only but it's the attitude behind And and I think it's the same with Ian. That there needs to be a connection which touches me actually, where where I feel like okay, this is something that has the energy that is so right for for the brand, and also the attitude and the point of view that those the artists have, that are very interesting for me to to connect to the brand. I want disruption. I don't want a conservative point of view in a way. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't just want to buy a name and connected to the brand. For me, there needs to be more than that. Well, that's such an admirable approach because, you know, I, I've seen the opposite and it doesn't, it doesn't stick in the same no. way or resonate. So, exactly. and I think that, you know, my generation, we really are aware of that because that's kind of how we came up in advertising with Yeah. The idea of influencers aligning with stars, brands aligning with stars. So I think you can really tell if it's integrated. And I loved um, the Twerculator video that yeah. Missy Elliott <laughs> did. I watched that more than once in that pink MCM room with um, the City Girls dripping and MCM. It was yeah. very amazing. Yeah, yeah it was incredible. Yeah, she's so a genius, fun. Missy Elliott. I mean, the, oh, she the city is. girls as well, but but uh, Missy Elliott yeah, is I a love genius. Her. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about music and fashion. How about sports and fashion? With events recently held in LA surrounding the Super Bowl, how does sport weave into the brand's DNA? Hmm. Well, I mean, fashion brands have been tapping into sport uh, and, of course, sportswear, etc., a lot. And um, and for me, it was always. Since I started with my own brand in the 90s through rave culture in the early 90s, this idea of the construction of tailoring and fashion, and then the the idea of deconstructing through sportswear uh, mm -hmm. and combining those two was always very, very interesting for me because it created not only the sport look and not only the, the classical fashion look, but it, There was something, there was a friction. And, and I think that, of course, through the sports brand became the, the biggest lifestyle brands in a certain way. I mean, if you think about Adidas or, or, or Nike, they've become so big as fashion brands, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was only a matter of time that fashion brands, luxury brands also got really inspired by sport. And of course, I mean, the soccer players here in Europe, the American football players uh, in America, they are superstars and heroes. They are icons and influencing fashion and uh, as, as much as pop stars, actually. And so I think that this is an extremely important connection. 
And and I think it will also not go away. I don't think we will go back to a super strictly tailored look. Right. I think that the combination needs to evolve, but it definitely is, is, is super interesting. Well, thank you so much, Dirk. Thank you. I loved your full embrace of the metaverse. I can tell like you're ready to dive in. And I love the first campaign you did where you created the digital world that was between nature and reality. I thought that was stunning. For me, it, it gives us the opportunity to defy natural rules in a way, gravity, whatever. You know, like you, you can do whatever you want. I think you need fantasy for it. Uh, but I think that this is, this is the great part because you need to really push yourself. It's beautiful. Thanks for having me. That was Dirk Schoenberger, Global Creative Officer of MCM. I'm Parry Isan. Next week, I'll be the host in residence at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, and we'll be joining Jason E.C. Wright on Rodeo Drive. This sounds fun. Host in residence? What all does that entail, Perry? Well, I'm going to be styled and wined and dined, and I will meet with the editors and stylists who create the glamour behind awards season. Wow. Now I'm the one with FOMO. Jason, you're going to have to come join. I'll add you to the list. <laughs> Rodeo Drive, the podcast, is presented by the Rodeo Drive Committee with the support of the City of Beverly Hills. To Rodeo Drive, the Heyman family, Beverly Wilshire, a Four Seasons Hotel, the Beverly Hills Conference and Visitors Bureau, and MCM. Rodeo Drive, the podcast, is written by Francis Anderton with editing and videography by Hans Fjolstad. Brian Banks composed the theme music. Grace Fu is the production assistant. The executive producer is Lynn Winter. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on Instagram at Rodeo Drive. See See you on on the the street. street.